0: Before we talk about faith this morning, I want to remind you or tell you of a couple of needs that you need to be praying about and, and ask you to do that. Uh, as you know, many of you know already, Olivia Thomas passed away this week. She and Joe have been so involved in this church family for so many years. Very, very godly woman. She went home to be with the Lord, and we celebrate that. But her service will be here in our church tomorrow. Visitation will be at 10. And the family will be here to receive you. And then the memorial service will take place at 11 o'clock here at the service with burial to follow at Greenwood Cemetery. So you remember that family as you uh, have your prayer time, that God would minister his grace to them and comfort them through this time. And this morning... I got a text early this morning, a little after five, I think, from Tim Jewell, that Robin fell last evening, and she broke her left wrist, and she'd badly cut her right arm, and they had to put four uh, internal stitches and nineteen external stitches, stitches in her arm, and they got home about seven this morning, so. Uh, you pray for Robin as she's in a lot of pain, and for Tim is he's trying to take care of her and unable to use either arm right now. And uh, I know you'll remember them. Uh, his class is taken care of. We're very thankful Brother Randy Braden is going to teach the Sunday school class for him this morning. So you, you're you covered, so you can go to class after the service today. We do have somewhat of an abbreviated service. I'll remind all of our guests that uh, we have uh, meet the pastor and staff and families right after the service today. It will be through these doors to my left, back in the atrium. We have refreshments for you. We'd like to get to know you. And if you've been praying about becoming a part of our church family, this would be a great opportunity uh, to do that. You can join the church there while uh, you share with us and we visit together. And we encourage you to come uh, for that time and that will take place immediately after service at what we trust will be at 9:45. And Sunday school will start at 10 as it's supposed to. And we'll make sure if you would like to, we'll get you to the class uh, that you would go to. And uh, we invite you to be a part of that today. As you know, we're going to talk about faith over the next few weeks, and we're going to exercise sharing our faith, on a Sunday the 11th I believe is no it is not is what's the first Sunday the 8th August the 8th he he kept saying the 8th and I said the 8th is not on Sunday in July that is so right we're got to go through faith first and then we're going to have a time on the 8th of August where we're going to have we hope hundreds of people here we're going to have our second Similar to Family Fun Day, uh, out on the grassy field, we'll have some blow-ups, we'll have food and, uh, and games for them to play. We'll also have a time of sitting down or standing around, but quiet time for me to be able to present the gospel. And you're going to be there to be able to talk to folks and, and share faith with them And we're going to do that, and right after we get through, they can take their armband that they'll be given when they register, and they can go to the booths that will be set up and get a backpack full of school supplies, and we're going to provide that to the folks in this community. And that's our way of reaching out and saying, we care, we're here, we want to do what we can for you, and to be able to share the message of the gospel with those who come. And you'll want to be a part of that. We'll be receiving a, 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 a I started to say regular and a love offering, but a special offering between now and then. And uh, you can give so that we can pay the $6,000 it's going to cost us to give away all of those backpacks and all those school supplies. We've been able to buy them at a very discounted rate and ship to our church family. You'll have a time to come and for... Uh, training sort of of putting it all together the Sunday before that and uh, pack all of the backpacks and get them ready to be distributed and it's going to be a church-wide ministry and an outreach ministry to this community and we trust through this some will come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and God will be honored and blessed by our efforts in doing this so you can give your offering each backpack costs about $17, $18, and you can sort of decide what you want to do with that and to get that up. Or we have uh, 400 backpacks and supplies uh, ready to, to to give out or will be ready to give out. And so that's all a part of why we're doing faith right now. Why while, while I'm talking about it in the Sunday morning service, why I'm trying to walk through that outline and help you understand what it really is saying, rather than just having a card and just going by those points, you'll have a deeper understanding, a better understanding of why we present faith, why we want to talk to them on the subject of faith as we go through that outline with them. Faith, as you'll recall, is an outreach tool that we have used in the past and, and for a long time we've used it. It takes the letters of faith, F-A-I-T-H, and it breaks it down, and each letter stands for something, and you share that truth, and, and then you get to the end and ask them if they'd like to experience that. I want you to know that faith is probably the most useful, beneficial, uh, workable way of witnessing the gospel that I've ever experienced in all of my ministry. And I've been through a lot of training. I've gone through a lot of stuff and used a lot of different ways of sharing the gospel. But faith is probably the most productive, most effective of any of those tools that I've seen. Today we're going to talk about the letter F. F stands for Forgiveness. You know, you open up the subject when you talk to them about faith. You talk about eternal life. You talk about heaven. Have they ever thought about heaven? Never they ever thought about going there? How do they think somebody goes there? What, what do you need to do? And then you ask them if you can take just a moment and share with them how the Scripture answers that question. And you say, I want to use the word faith, F-A-I-T-H, to help you understand that. And as I do that, I'll take each letter, And I'll tell you what it stands for, and we'll learn what faith really means. Forgiveness. F stands for forgiveness. You see, you can't have eternal life. You can't have heaven without God's forgiveness. The Scripture says in Ephesians 1, verse 7, in him, meaning Jesus, We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. You see, forgiveness is the way that you experience God. That's the way you get to go to heaven. That's how you spend an eternity there, through God's forgiveness. I want us to talk just a few minutes this morning about the word forgiveness, the gift of forgiveness. Sometimes we talk about it like it's just really no big deal. I'm forgiven or would you forgive me or, or I, I've forgiven you for this. And we talk about the forgiveness that is ours in Christ Jesus as just an everyday subject and we do not even take the time to try to understand what is involved. What does it mean to be forgiven by God? There are several things that come out to me as I think about that. First of all, God's forgiveness Is undeserved. It is absolutely unmerited. You cannot work for it. You cannot try to be good enough. You cannot try to do enough good deeds. You cannot give enough money to to the church. You can't give enough money to people. You cannot spend your life doing good works and earn God's forgiveness. You see, it can't be earned for it is undeserved. It's not something you can get good enough to merit God's forgiveness. And so we find that it is undeserved. It is free. It is given graciously by God, but it did not come without a high price. And we'll talk about that later. It is undeserved. Secondly, it is unlimited. When you think about God's grace and his forgiveness, and you think about his forgiveness being unlimited it simply means it is not limited by anything it is not limited by how awful the sins that you have committed may be he is still able and willing to forgive his forgiveness is something that that is unlimited is not limited by the severity are the awfulness of one's sins, and it's not limited by the number of someone's sins. You know, we've all known people that lived a life that seemed like just one sin after another, and what we would consider hideous sins, awful sins, we would call them unforgivable sins. But see, it's not, it's not limited by the number of sins, and it's not limited by how severe the sins are. Matter of fact, Jesus was asked about that question. His disciple says, you know, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? I've forgiven him seven times. That's the word for completion, isn't it? That's the number for completion. I've forgiven him seven times. What more must I do? And Jesus said, well, let's take the word for that, the number for for, uh, completion, and seven, and let's talk about earthly completion uh, of 10, And we multiply those and get 70. And he says, when you've done seven times 70, you still have not reached the limit of the number of times forgiveness ought to be granted to your brother. If God teaches us that through the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, that our forgiveness one for another should not be limited by the number of times that our brother, our sister, or our neighbor needs our forgiveness, the number of times they've done that which is wrong, why would we think God's forgiveness would be limited when he is a perfect God and his forgiveness is perfect in every way? It is unlimited. He does not say you've reached your limit. Thirdly, God's forgiveness goes with that which has been forgiven being unmentioned in the days that follow. Unmentioned. Never to bring it up again. He will not remind you of your sins of the past. Oh, we're good about that, aren't we? We're good at reminding someone else about their sin of the past. We're good at reminding them of of what they've said, of what they've done, or how they've hurt, and and how they have been ill-behaved. We'll bring up the past. But you see, in God's forgiveness, not only is His forgiveness unlimited, though we're undeserving of that, it, it leaves unmentioned that which has been forgiven. The Bible says, in Jeremiah 31, 34, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Now, when we talk about that, him remembering no more, that is not uh, an explanation of the forgetfulness of God. God does not forget. He doesn't have a memory problem. It doesn't mean God can't remember what he said yesterday or uh, he can't remember what he promised for tomorrow. He has a perfect memory. He knows exactly what everything has been before the creation of everything right until this day, and he also knows what's going to come in the future. It's not that he forgets, but he makes a sovereign choice not to bring it up again again that he will never charge us with that sin again. We have sung the hymn for years, my sin, oh, the thought of that blissful thought, my sin not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. My sin not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. You see, when God forgives, he takes away the sin. He takes away the consequences of the sin. He takes away the punishment of the sin. He he chooses that he will not remember, uh, remember that sin against us ever again. Not today, not tomorrow, not next year, not when we're on our deathbed, not when we stand before him in judgment, We stand before him in judgment one day in the precious name of Jesus. We stand in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, covered by his blood, covered by his righteousness, and there will be no accusation of forgiven sin there. It'll never be mentioned, not here nor in the judgment to come. And what a wonderful message to tell to someone who needs God's forgiveness who needs to know that they can have forgiveness and eternal life and they can go to heaven when we tell them that when God forgives you, even though you don't deserve it and it is unlimited, he'll forgive you for anything. And someone may say to you, well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I've been. And you would say, for God's sake, don't tell me. I don't want to know how bad you've been. I don't want to know all of those things you've done. I don't want to hear the nitty-gritty of your sin. I'm here to tell you that God will never bring it up again, and he gives you undeserved forgiveness, not even limited by how awful or the number of your sins. That's good news. That's the kind of forgiveness we're talking about when we talk about faith and the first letter speaks of God's forgiveness. Not only is it not brought up again, but God takes on the penalty for that sin. God undertakes the penalty for forgiven sin. The scripture is abundantly clear that God will remove our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. But on on what grounds can he do that? On what grounds does he do that? When when we say it goes unmentioned and he removes it from us, that we bear it no more, we we don't have to pay the penalty for it, we don't have to suffer, we don't have to be put in a, a jail cell in heaven for a thousand years until we paid the penalty. We don't have to face that sin as we talk about that. How does it get paid? It was paid on Calvary. When Jesus went to the cross of Calvary, he died for our sins. And we can say that and sort of pass over that and just say, well, okay, I understand that. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. No. The Scripture is abundantly clear that he just didn't sort of pacify the Father he didn't just say, okay, I'll take the penalty for their sins. Listen to what it says. The scripture says he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, he undertook the penalty. He died a death we should die. He suffered for sin as we should suffer. He paid the penalty of separation from a holy God. You see, sin is what causes people to be separated from God. It began in the Garden of Eden, and it's gone all through the generations of mankind. Sinfulness, sinfulness, in that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is not one good among us, Matter of fact, God says, our goodness is as filthy rags in his sight. We're all guilty of sin. But Jesus took the penalty of being separated from God. You remember what God told Adam and Eve? Actually, he told Adam. Adam was supposed to tell Eve. He told Adam, the day that you sinned, the the day that you do this, you will surely die. And there was a poisoning that was injected into the human race that day that affects every human being from that day and through the end of this age. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, All are spiritually dead, separated from God. You know, you had a privilege this morning in this place to worship him and to adore him and to praise him. You had a privilege yesterday, the day before, and the day before, the day before. Since the day you were saved, you've had privilege after privilege after privilege of having a conversation with the Holy God, of having a relationship with the Holy God who lives in you through the Holy Spirit, and you commune with him but it's not something that came cheaply. It cost Jesus his fellowship with the Father. You remember when he died on the cross? He cried out, my God, my God. Every other time, every other time in his ministry on this earth, he referred to him as Father. The Father and I are one. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When you've heard me, You've heard the Father, even on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know what they do not know what they're doing. Father, Father, Father. But in the moment that He became sin for us, and He took on our penalty and He took on our filth and our guilt, and the Scripture says, became our sin, during that moment, He cries out for what had taken place. It was midnight dark in the middle of the day. God is light, and without Him there is no light. and in Him there is no darkness at all. And when it turned midnight dark on that day when Jesus took on our sin, took on our sins, and God turned His back on His Son and withdrew fellowship from His Son, there was midnight darkness on the face of the earth that day, and in that darkness, in that depravity, in that horrible, horrible moment. Jesus cried out, My God, my God, not Father. Why hast thou forsaken me? God loves you so much. God loves us all so much. He was willing for his only begotten son And the Lord Jesus Christ was willing to go to the cross for you and for me. Was he scared of dying? I don't think so. But I'll tell you what he was concerned about. Becoming our sin. Taking on all of the unrighteousness of the entire world. When he is pure and holy and righteous. To exchange his holiness, to exchange his righteousness, to exchange his purity for all of our unholiness and all of our unrighteousness and all of our impurities, he took all of that on himself and became that on the cross. And the father withdrew fellowship. Why? Because Jesus the son paid the penalty for the sin of all who would trust him and who would believe and receive his wonderful gift of forgiveness. The old hymn we used to sing is an invitation. Jesus paid it all. Say that with me. Jesus paid it all. Let's do it one more time. Jesus paid it all. What did he pay? Sin's price. Sin's debt. Sin's punishment. Separation from the Father. He paid it no wonder the songwriter followed that with all to him I owe. sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow see God's forgiveness is not a minor thing it's not just like talking about oh I forgive you don't worry about it It's not like that. It is a forgiveness that takes the suffering and the pain upon itself that we might be forgiven. That's what the F stands for in faith. God's glorious, wonderful offer Let me ask you a question. Are you forgiven? Do you know the wonderful forgiveness in Christ Jesus? Have you remembered lately of what it is to know you're forgiven? Just think about it. All your sin, all of your rebellion, all of your misdoings have been wiped away, never to be brought up again. Never to be mentioned again. Unlimited is his grace in forgiving sin. All because of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we anticipate you using this church to help reach. Dozens, if not hundreds, with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, with the message of faith, Lord, that they might come to know you, and that they might be saved. Lord, as we prepare ourselves and we talk through these things, that most of this is just refreshing, a refreshing of, of what we already knew. But Lord, we need to be reminded. We need to exercise these truths. We need to memorize these things that we can share with the world around us that is so desperately in need of your forgiveness. Lord, if there's one in this room who has not experienced the forgiveness of the Father, I invite them and encourage them through the drawing of your Holy Spirit to come to Jesus, and to be gloriously forgiven in Christ. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray.